0: tonight you're going to get to hear from Brian Fenimore. He's going to just share some things as we then go into this time of of prayer. Praying for prodigals to come home. I feel like this is something the Lord has just put in on our heart. And praying over the Supreme Court decision of the oral hearing today. And prayer has such an impact in this as we align our hearts with heaven. And Before Brian comes up, I just want to release this, just part of this word that was just given to me a week ago. It was actually from July, and it's interesting that it was kind of held and then we, we got it now. But as we're entering into this shift, we talked about two Wednesdays ago, this kind of like the Lord was saying, "We're taking the training wheels off." And so even as we enter into this phase and this this season of, of travail and prayer and 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 this corporate prayer together and seeking the Lord together and back and forth from, as you'll see, as Marcus just, uh, from a place of prophetic song that ties into the words and the things that the Lord is putting on our heart and we declare it back to the Lord. There's this. Uh, we begin to move heaven. I just kept feeling that, like we're we're shifting things in the heavenlies that then affect things on the earth. So Lord, tonight, just as we, just through that worship, I feel like this just aligns our heart with the Father's heart. It brings us into an alignment. The, I think it was Bill Johnson who said this. He said, if, he said I could spend... Like time and the word and and time, even praying, but if I don't set my heart before the Lord, if you don't come into that place of of worship before him i it like it just this what we've just done sets everything in place so that it can move at such a fast pace and in, in such a great alignment with the Father's heart, so Lord, I thank you for just this alignment as we. As we come before you in a place of worship, as we enter boldly into this throne room of grace before you, and then we get to boldly declare the heavenly things on earth. We get to to bind the things that need to be bound. We get to loose things that need to be loose. It's the very thing we're created to take dominion. We're created to actually have this authority and take this not by our own might, not by our own power. It's all by the Spirit. So I'm just going to read this, as, and then I'm going to Brian come up. But I uh, said this. This was the word that somebody who doesn't go to this church just came in uh, on a Sunday morning. It's uh, such a cool word. I just thought I'll release part of this. But the Lord just said, I want to arrest this company of people. I want to teach them to to stop, discern, and linger in my presence, to teach them to be attentive to my breath and the nuances of my spirit. I want to train them in attentiveness. And then uh, I'm just going to skip down a little bit. It says this, be aware, (laughs) I am orchestrating an arrest. In response to the cry of the hearts here for more and my strategy is not what you expect or my response is not what you expect my response is to invite you to surrender to surrender every plan every strategy and every effort of influence and then she said I see this is what the Lord was saying I see and I know your desire for influence and significance and that's a healthy desire but I am going to use you to influence others in modeling a level of yielding to my spirit that is rare and, and I feel like this that that word yield just jumped out off the page to me is just there is a, a yielding to the spirit When this takes place, when we actually yield to the Holy Spirit and we honor the Holy Spirit, it it brings us into an amazing alignment where there's such an authority and such a power that can be released. But it's not, again, it's that not by our power, not by our might, it's not by our strategies, it's not by our understanding. It's all by the Spirit. And then it says this so be still, be attentive learn to listen to listen out together this is this oneness we're coming into we're listening together for my breath for my whispers for my longings and for my unction be still surrender your desires to serve me practically and allow me to lead you into a place of this of knowing of seeing of hearing and of understanding that is beyond head knowledge and is by my spirit. So, Lord, I thank you for where you're taking us, that, that even as we pray, that we're not praying from here. We're not praying from a mindset where we, we're contemplating and trying to speak things as we see them. But, Lord, we're praying from a position of here as we pray by the spirit Sometimes it's even with groans. Sometimes it's even with words that cannot be expressed because it's the heart of the Father in such a deep way that all we can do is groan. All we can do is pray in the Spirit. Other times I feel like there's things that will be revealed. There's scriptures that He's going to lead us to and we're going to declare them in the situations. So Father, I thank You Lord, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to effectively pray in this season. Lord, I thank you for your word. It's a light unto our feet. It's a lamp unto our path. Lord, may we use it as a weapon of warfare. May we use it to cut where it needs to cut, to to drive truth into places where truth needs to be driven, to set people free where people need to be set free to open the eyes of the blind, to break off chains of injustice. Lord, I thank you for this new era that you are bringing your church into as mighty warriors for your kingdom. But it comes in a place of yielding to your presence, of yielding to your spirit, and walking in your ways fully and completely. Lord, teach us your ways tonight. Lord, I thank you that we get to declare the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I thank you we get to draw heaven down to earth. I thank you we get to move heaven. And I thank you for the joy that is set before us. Lord, I thank you for that joy of the Lord that as we see people come into the kingdom, as we see those prodigals return, the very thing that's on your heart comes on our heart. And we declare it, we decree decree it and then he says, now go out and get them. <laughs> John or, uh, yeah, Luke 14, I'm not going to go into it. I'll go into it at some other time. But he says this just at the end. When he's calling, he's calling his, his servants and he says, go and get them and make them come in to my banquet. <laughs> make them come. Bring them in. So, Lord, I thank you that tonight, as we even as we call out for prodigals, Lord, I thank you that as we've been doing this, as you've been setting this on our heart, I thank you that we're going to see the floodgates open, that many people will come into the kingdom. And then you're going to teach us how to come alongside them, mothers and fathers, raising up sons and daughters. Lord, I thank you that as we declare and we decree the shift in Roe versus Wade, and we see a shift where we see an end to abortion. I was feeling this. I just feel like as we, as we pray for that, Lord, that we also pray for strategies from heaven, for the church to actually know what to do with all these babies, with these mothers that have children that, that, are, that are pregnant and don't know what to do. Lord, I thank you that you have the answer. And that's in the church that you're going to give the church your answer. That there is an answer. And I felt like the Lord was saying to begin to prepare now for what's about to happen. Begin to prepare for for the things that I'm about to do. Prepare for them now. Be ready. Be ready for the prodigals to come in. Be ready for this shift in the nation where there's going to be a need to come alongside mothers. Those that are pregnant and don't know what to do and don't know how to take care of their babies. Lord, I thank you that you're raising up a church that has your eyes, your ears, your understanding, and will walk in your ways. I thank you for the shifting that's going to happen in this nation. So we just give you the glory tonight. Lord, I thank you that we wait upon you tonight. We set our eyes upon you and our hearts upon you. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear. Give us understanding. And then may we walk in your ways, in Jesus' name. Amen. It's going to transition here. Brian's going to step up and just release some things now.
1: You guys, uh, have your Bibles, please go with me to Matthew chapter 6, verse 7. Matthew chapter 6, verse 7. And as we're getting ready to pray, I just want to cover what Jesus says about prayer here to give us some fuel. So here we have the Son of God actually coming and describing types of prayers that are going on in the nation of Israel. And uh, most people say, well, are you supposed to just pray any old way you want? And it's interesting, Jesus is actually addressing this now. He's talking about how people pray, and then he's actually going to later on come and say, this is how the Father wants you to pray. And in verse 7 is where we're going to spend this before we begin to pray. I just want to go over this. These are simple concepts, but they're powerful to change our prayer life. And so it says this, When you're praying, don't use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do, for they suppose they will be heard for their many words. So don't be like them. Your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Now, join me real quick here in this. Uh, I have been teaching on prayer for 20 years now, and a couple weeks ago, I was getting ready to go do a conference in Minnesota, a prayer conference, and the Lord said, you need to go back to the basics, Brian. So I was looking at the, the word prayer in the original Greek, and this is kind of discouraging to say this to you guys, but in 20 years of teaching on prayer, I never looked up the Greek word. You, that's kind of simple. So there's two words, uh, two words that come together in the Greek New Testament that form the word Prayer. Pros yo nai mai. And so let's just work through that. Yo mai. What does that actually mean? It's the word for prayer, but it's very important. It's telling you that prayer is a circle that you enter into with God. So when I go to pray, it's like entering a circle of relationship. Now, this is important. It says when you come to pray, what you come. Now, this is the first part of the word. You come with a wish a desire, or a formed prayer when you enter the prayer circle with God. Now, this is important. The Greek word, and I'm going to give you the next word that comes together here to show you how this word prayer is formed, that says how you come before God with a wish, a desire, or a formed prayer. Also, the Greek word means God comes into the prayer circle with you with what's called heavenly revelation and influence to in faith. Now, you guys get it? I can enter into the circle and talk to God, tell him how I think he should run the universe, every wish, desire, and form prayer, but until God enters in with revelation, breathes on me, and I step back with infused faith, I haven't in- done what the Bible calls prayer. Now, isn't that interesting? In fact, that's just a very powerful concept right there. So, He just gave you a word that someone came in here and said, you guys have got to learn to submit. Why is that? Because every culture thinks they're praying when they say things at God. They they have to learn the kingdom of God where God has to actually come into the prayer encounter and breathes on you. And so this is where you learn to get into the rhythm of the kingdom. My goal in prayer is to hear, not to tell God how to run the universe. And so I enter into the prayer circle I'm supposed to have these desires, these wishes. That's the idea of casting my cares on the Lord. But until God enters in with revelation, breathes on me, and releases biblical faith, I haven't done this thing called prayer. The second part of the Greek word for prayer is this word pros. It's really interesting. And actually, it's it's a word of, it means an intensity, but it also means face to face. So what is prayer? It's entering a circle to meet God face-to-face in an intense encounter. There's the emphasis of that word pros in the Greek New Testament means that God puts a emphasis on this. So if you do not do this, this is not called prayer in the New Testament. Isn't that interesting? And that's just the word for prayer. Now, in the culture of the day, they would have understood that. So look at the passage we just looked at. Jesus is saying, that's what prayer is. This is what this word means. They would have understood that back in that day because of the way the word was used in the Greek culture. Now, but Jesus even says that when you're praying, don't use meaningless uh, repetition. Well, what is this word meaningless? If I go into the prayer circle and I'm supposed to have God breathe on me and release faith inside of me, then I can't be saying meaningless things. The word meaningless is actually the Greek New Testament word for vain words. Now, you have cultures and false religions around the world entering into what they call prayer. And they have a lot of different models of it. And a lot of it has to do with either figuring out the right way to say something or saying it for a long period of time. And in the New Testament, the Bible actually says, you were formed for the power of God to rest on you. That's what prayer is, is. engaging the spirit of the Lord and then coming into agreement with him. So he releases power to transform something. Anything that does not align with that is called vain. What does that mean to be meaningless or vain? It means no power. Now, we're about to enter into a time of prayer. And so we don't want to just talk with no power right? I don't want to pray for the the United States to change their opinion on something and the power of God isn't released on that. That's not biblical prayer. And Jesus is now addressing this. And, And see how intense that is? The Bible's actually coming to you and I and having a conversation with you. This is how we start off in prayer, but Jesus now wants, he's now working with the nation of Israel. This is what prayer actually is. Prayer isn't just saying things and going to a meeting and talking and saying and saying and saying. It's connecting with the influence of God and meeting him and watching him release his power in a situation. And then it says this. The uh, the Gentiles do this. They suppose they'll be heard for their many words. And then it says, the many words here is this uh, term. You guys will enjoy this. It has to do with repetition or longevity. It means long-winded. So are you guys ready for this? Time without the presence of God doesn't equal release of the kingdom. So if we show up in a room for six hours and roll around on the ground and swing on ropes and everything and we do not connect with the spirit of the Lord, we have not accomplished anything. The Bible is now trying to mature the body of Christ up into prayer and now it's having a conversation with you. Don't be long-winded. Don't enter into prayer without the power of God, and don't think prayer is being accomplished unless God meets you and embrieves what He wants to do through the prayer meeting. Isn't that great that Jesus actually deals with that? Simple words, simple concepts, but I don't know if you guys, I've been around prayer meetings for years, and there are some meetings that last forever, and we gain no ground because we're not connecting with God, we're just talking to Him. Does that make sense? That's why the Greek word actually says it's a meeting face-to-face with a person. We have to learn to let him breathe on us, and we have to breathe prayer from us to him. With that, let's go ahead and start praying. Would you guys join me in inviting the power of God on you? Holy Spirit, we come to you. Breathe on us, Lord. Bring your power. We know we can't pray as we ought, so we depend on you to lead us. Lead us, Lord. Father, I invite you to bring your power into the courts of our nation. I ask that a river would be released of righteousness and justice. We bind the activity of the enemy to speak lies to these people, and we ask that truth would come to the surface. Holy Spirit, release a burden of the Lord upon us right now. Don't let us get away from your voice and what you're leading us to. Father, for the move that you're doing in our nation right now, we ask that your power would move two powerful ways, that you'd take the blinders off people, that they would see the glory of your son, that you would draw them into your kingdom. We want to bless your hand in the shaking that's going on in our country right now, and we ask that you would call people home. Let them hear the sound of heaven. Open their ears and their eyes, Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're going to turn it over for you guys. We're going to stay in the theme as Mike was talking about, the salvation of family members and for the Lord to move righteously among the courts during this season. If you have the Lord breathing on you about something, come on up and we'll just open it up for prayer. Bless your name, Lord. Bless your name.
2: I love what Brian had to say. Some here who are part of the 6 in the morning prayer meeting that we call the Breakfast Club will know where this came from. But Brian, before you spoke, this has been simmering. Isaiah 45 says this, and this word is to encourage us, and I'm going to pray. Thus says the Lord to his anointed, To Cyrus 150 years before he was born Isaiah wrote this whose right hand I have grasped to subdue nations before him to loose the belts of kings to open the double doors before him that gates may not be shut I will go before you and level the exalted places I will break in pieces the doors of bronze and cut through the bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness and the hordes of, the treasures of darkness and the hordes in secret places that you may know that it is I, the Lord, the God of Israel, who call you by your name. Started there and it ended up over here. John 15, 16. You did not choose me, hmm. but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. There's no difference between us and Cyrus. You were called before you were born. He was called before he was born. And later on in Isaiah it says, Though you don't even know me, I have done this through you. Wow. So here's what I want to pray to empower us. If you were chosen, if I was chosen, are we going to be powerless? If we were chosen by Yeshua Jesus that we would go and bear fruit, are we going to be fruitless? Anybody tell me what the answer is to that? No. No. You ready? Thank you, Thank you. Father thank you jesus that we did not choose you because we could come along during difficult times and say well yeah i just chose to follow you no you chose each one of us no different than jeremiah before i formed you in the womb i called you we have been called by him for such a time as this and called by him for the purpose that we might bear fruit and that our fruit would be strong and that our fruit would remain. So Father, I speak fruit over this gathering. I speak fruit over the congregation we call The Rock. I speak strong fruit, abiding fruit, remaining fruit, that our prayers are not in vain, that they are very powerful that they are empowered by by you and they're empowered by you for a purpose. So when we pray, thank you that our prayers are not meaningless repetition like the Gentiles, but that they're a connection with you and that you've been waiting for us because you called us and you chose us and because you called us and because you chose us we are empowered by you to make changes so we speak your presence into the court we call our supreme court which is subject to the supreme court your court in heaven and we speak the inflowing of your presence there are justices I know, I listened to the hearing today. We already know which direction they're planning on going. But there was a king in Egypt that had designs on Sarah, Abraham's wife, and you came to him, and you so disturbed him in the night that he couldn't move forward. So, Father, disturb Our Supreme Court in the night. Disturb them in the day. Disturb them as they're meeting. Disturb them as they're walking on their way. Disturb them when they head out of the courtroom to go down and get a hot dog on the corner from the vendor. Disturb them wherever they may go. That they can't have peace until they come in alignment with you and that we move from despising children in this nation turn the hearts of fathers to children that's key turn the hearts of fathers to children because when the hearts of fathers are turned to children the hearts of the children are turned to their fathers and the first part is general turn the hearts of men in this nation to children turn the hearts of men in the church to children turn the hearts everywhere to children and turn the hearts of the men on the Supreme Court to children that were blessed by children coming and turning their hearts to their own fathers. Father, align us with you. Align us with you. For the sake of who you are, align this nation back with you. And let a whole new era in this nation begin because the Supreme Court has had no rest until they rest in your will. We ask these things in the name of Jesus who chose us for such a time as this. Amen. Amen.
3: Father, we know that you hear Cry of every single child that has been sacrificed in the name of freedom, personal freedom. God, you've heard every cry yes. as those child, those children have breathed their last breath. And Father, right now we ask that in the night. As Steve said, those Supreme Court justices would hear those cries, every cry, yes, every cry that has been put before the throne of the Father and say, "God, why?" God, open their ears to hear as they're sleeping. Open their ears to hear as they're walking. That they would hear the cries of these children innocence father sacrificed on the altar of selfishness sacrificed on the altar of uncaring father open their ears to hear every single
4: says that the fear of man is a snare. So Lord, we take the authority that's given to us by Jesus and we break off that snare off of every Supreme Court judge in the name of Jesus. We break it off and we declare that they have the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. And we declare that over prodigals too, that they wouldn't care what men say. They would only care what you say, Lord. In Jesus' name.
5: I I love Isaiah 45 (laughs) and what Steve shared. That was kind of birth Sunday morning. I had a dream on Saturday night, and in the dream, I was standing at a door, and the door was flung wide open, and I seemed to be in a very large house or, like, large mansion. And I was just sitting there waiting for this man to speak, and he didn't say anything. And then the Lord, as I waited there, was like this like just awkward moment of silence in the dream. And the Lord said, well, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> and he was waiting for me to lead him to the Lord. <laughs> Over his shoulder, though, I could see this. Like I, saw, I saw a large, like, front yard or front, like like, lots of acres. And there was this huge gate that was wide open in, like, the distance, probably like 200 yards away. And that's what took me to Isaiah 45. The Lord woke me up. I just gave you a snippet of the dream. And the part of Isaiah 45 that stuck out was this. It says, this is what the Lord says to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I take hold to subdue nations before him and to strip kings of their armor. I can tell you this, I feel like there are going to be kings that are stripped of their armor in this hour. And this is, where, this is where the dream was so focused on. To open doors before him so that gates will not be shut. Let me repeat that. To open doors before him so that gates will not be shut. The Lord spoke to me and said, what are you going to do about it? Through my open door, through this man that was standing in front of me, and there was a gate far off. Understand that gates open into wide kingdom advancing spaces. Doors are like poignant Kairos moments of of, of, of like, almost like divine appointments or uh, mission, if you will. They're smaller doors. They're defined. They're, fu- they're, they're defined by a purpose or a specific uniquely identified purpose. <laughs> For what God wants to do and hear this he says if you don't answer the door I'm gonna close the gates <laughs> are we answering the door so that the gates will not be closed that, that larger gate to this kingdom advancing I believe this and and I can't remember his name, but he he released it on Sunday morning. Mike had him come up, and he started speaking about Isaiah 45 just as I released it in the back room in prayer and pre-service. But he related it to the Supreme Court, and I believe this. I believe the gate that's wide open right now was the three new Supreme Justices that were put on the court uh, months ago. I believe now the door that is open is Roe v. Wade. I believe there's lots of other doors, but I'm just speaking to this one in particular. I want to share one other dream, and I'm going to pray. And it's really quick. I had three dreams the week of August 10th. The first one was on August 10th. The one one of the three, the first one was on August 10th. It was all three of them were in that week. I was on the front of a bass boat. God speaks to me a lot through fishing. If you haven't heard some of my dreams and some of the visions I have, he speaks through fish and fishing quite often. I was on the front of a bass boat and I was looking down into the clear water and there was this bass sitting on a whole bed of eggs that were unhatched. And he was swimming and just like circling this bed. And the Lord spoke to me in the dream. He says, He says, protect the unborn. This is back in August. two quotes and then I'm then I'm going to pray the moral law of god this is a quote I'll really I'll reveal the name in a moment the moral law of god is the only law of individuals and of nations and nothing can be rightful government but such as is that is established and administered with a view to its support. Its support meaning God. Separate quote, same person. No government is lawful or innocent that does not recognize the moral law as the only universal law and God as the supreme lawgiver and judge to whom nations in their national capacity as well as individuals are amenable. Charles Finney spoke that years ago. So Lord, we do, we just thank you. I thank you that you are the judge. I thank you, even as I was praying in the back room before this service, Lord, Mike and others, I had this vision of the Supreme Court, and they all had seats in heaven. They were in the throne room, and they were looking back down upon the Supreme Court hearings today and the hearings to take place in the future. And I felt like the Lord, this this vision was saying, pray for them that they would have a different lens that they look through, a different lens that they would see things through from a higher position, an elevated status from heaven down to earth. God, I thank you that in this hour, Lord, our prayer, Lord, has the power to bring heaven to earth, Lord. God, I thank you that heaven would invade the Supreme Court, Lord, and that unborn babies would be protected, Lord. I thank you, God, that you would be a voice for those that have no voice, that we would be a voice for those that have no voice, God. I thank you that truth will reign in this hour, Lord, and I thank you that love, God, would wrap truth Just like a present, Lord, just like the present, the miracle and the gift of life, Lord, that it would be wrapped up, Lord, and delivered to doorsteps, Lord, to the doorstep of the Capitol, of the Supreme Court hearings, Lord, and that you would hear the hearts of your children crying out. Wow. Lord, I just thank you. I thank you that in this hour, it's time for the church to shine. It's our, it's time for us to speak the truth into a world that's been lost and into a world that has so much rhetoric and other things taking place, Lord, I thank you that we could be the truth, that we could be the light, that the Christ in us and the light shining from us, Lord, would shine in this hour, that love would fully manifest inside each and every one of us. That love would be fully manifest to shine the light into a lost and dying world in this hour, Lord. God, I thank you for a wisdom from heaven, Lord. Not the wisdom of man, not the wisdom of this world, Lord. Not the wisdom of this age. But a wisdom from heaven, Lord. I thank you for your word that says in Proverbs 4. At all costs, get understanding. The beginning of wisdom is this, it says. Get wisdom. Whatever it takes, whatever the cost, pay it. Get understanding, get revelation, get your arms around what it looks like to have heavenly wisdom given by our Father, by the judge, the one and only, the one that sits on the Supreme Court seat, Lord, the one that stands and looks down upon his children, God. God, we thank you for it in this hour, for a wisdom from heaven being bestowed upon those in leadership, Lord, those in government, And God, even as that word in 45.1, Isaiah says that you will remove armor from kings. Those that do not see through this lens, those that do not see you, Lord, those that do not have your will, your interest in mine, Lord, you're going to remove the armor, and Lord, I thank you that you would. To the timing of it, I do not know. But God, I know that you're going to strip many kings of their armor. God, we pray right now. We pray right now for the protection of your armor, Lord. That you speak of in Ephesians 6, Lord, 10 through 18. That God, the boots, the belt, the sword, the helmet, Lord, all of it, Lord. That we would 24-7, 365 be completely immersed in the armor in this hour. That's what it takes when we go to battle, Lord, and we're in a battle. I don't know where you're at, but if you haven't noticed, we're in a battle. We're in a battle. We're in the greatest battle in all of history, I believe. There's a lot of battles that were fought with gun and knife and guns and swords and all those other things, all the carnal weapons. I believe that this is a war. This is a battle that's being fought with spiritual weaponry. And we're the special ops team. Us, in this room right here, we're the special ops team. The other churches that are praying and interceding just like we are, they're the special ops team. Here's the cool part. We have the divine privilege to actually intercede and contend (laughs) for all of history here thereafter. Think about that. History is being changed in this hour, literally. And we have the privilege to step in and be a part of it. looking for those that just say yes. His eyes roam to and fro throughout the earth looking for those that would say yes. I say yes. Join me. Just say yes. As a prophetic act, just say yes. Yes, Lord, we, we say yes to your word. We say yes to your calling. We say yes to your eyes that roam to and fro throughout the earth looking for those that would be enlisted and given the privilege to walk with you, Lord, and change all of history for all of time. Amen.
0: I just want to, teaching for a second here, but I just want to encourage you just as, as Marcus is, is doing that, what you're doing is you're, you're we're coming into that corporate agreement and, and singing these, uh, these are prayers. So this is prophetic, just prayer in song. Back to the Lord, so as these prayers are going forth, and this is just a way of we come together and we actually sing this in song back to the lord there 's power in this there's the, there 's a spirit of oneness as we uh, that spirit of prophecy goes forth, and we declare it together, so I just want to encourage you. Even when you're not praying and when someone else is up here praying or when we're doing the worship, what you're doing is you're actually engaging your spirit and your heart in that same place of prayer and coming into an alignment and agreement and and that power, there's power where two or three agree uh, in the name of Jesus. There he is. He comes into the midst of this and there is an authority released in that. So I just want to encourage you in that as we're doing this.
6: I have a little bit of things. Um, uh, first of all, I'm just going um, to read Isaiah 64, um, 1 through 3. Um, or that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains would tremble before you. As when fire sets twigs ablaze and cause water to boil, come down to make your name known to your enemies and caused the nations to quake before you. For when you did awesome things that we did not expect, you came down and the mountains trembled before you, Lord. So Father God, um, I'm going to say thank you because the courts of this earth, these mountains are going to tremble before you. And we are going to see things that we did not expect happen, Lord, because every single one of those judgments that have been called upon us, Lord, Father God, where the enemy thinks that he is lying to us and showing us and laughing at us, trying to tell us that Jesus, the Son of God, is one that was just murdered where guess what he has lied to us because he's allowed us to see our children be murdered father God we no longer accept that we refute that in the name of Jesus and we say thank you father because your son died for us so that we may live for you and our children will no longer be sacrificed we thank you for that Lord and As as Brian was was, um, teaching, the Lord just took me down to Leviticus 3. And in Leviticus 3, our Father showed us a fellowship offering, a peace offering, who is Jesus, the Son of God. And three times, He shows us how we are to sacrifice. And it's, it's just five simple steps. Every single one of those three sacrifices are five simple steps. And they are, the first one is to lay down our head. For us to lay down our authority receiving God's will instead of ours, right? Then we are to slaughter it in front of the tent of meeting. We are to lay it down before the authority of the church who is Jesus. Then we are to sprinkle that blood onto the sides of the altar, we are going to sprinkle our life into the inner personal life, which is our relationship with Jesus Christ. Then we are to burn that fat from the kidneys, anything and that liver that takes all of those impurities away, which actually bring that aroma to the Father. We are to give our excess to the Lord. Then we are to burn it as food onto the altar to purify with fire, given a rich aroma unto the Lord. Then we are to present it, present ourselves before the Lord and dedicate our lives unto the Lord. So Father God, today we dedicate ourselves, we dedicate our children unto you. We no longer desire to let them be slaughtered. In the name of Jesus, we rebuke that and we repent from it, Father God, and we say, yes, Lord, we are here dedicating our lives unto you, Lord Jesus. Our hearts are burning for you, and we no longer receive that which was done back in the 60s and in the 70s, allowing our children to be burned and thrown and tossed away. Lord, we don't want that anymore. We say you reign, Lord Jesus. We say our children, are sacrifices to you, Father God. No longer will we allow that life from the enemy. We thank you, Father God, because not only are we letting that go, Father God, but we're receiving that which you have for us, Lord. We want all of our prodigals to come and be dedicated, rededicated to you. Every single one of them, Lord Jesus, we open our arms, we open our hearts, Lord Jesus, saying, we no longer hold on to any grudges. We no longer hold on to any hurts, Lord. We say, bring them on to you. And from that, I will tell you, I've been praying for 12 years i prayed for one of my sons who at the age of 15 left my home never once did i ever see him or hear from him the day before father's day he called me repenting not only that but god is so good that jeremy and i have been praying for his dad a man who turned away from the lord and this weekend he said please forgive me I repent I've given my heart rededicated my life to the Lord it's like I want to have a relationship with my sons I want to make amends with you You God is so good that when you forgive and you let go and you laid at the feet of the cross when you laid at the feet of the altar he responds because you're not doing it out of your own selfish notion. You're doing it for his glory. And don't allow the enemy to lie to you. Don't allow your anger to hold on. Let it go. Just trust that he knows what he's doing.
0: I'm going to ask Sharon to pray into that. Just pray for prodigals. Pray for those that, as you saw uh, your ex-husband, just repent. Just repent. And then you saw your son come back there's many that have not, and so let 's just agree in that place of okay, we just saw the testimony of this we 're just calling him in so just those that that you may know that have have turned or have turned away or and there's many that we we don 't even know them but they're they're coming into the kingdom prodigals sons of and and daughters of maybe of of other parents that uh, that are coming back into the kingdom and so uh, there's so many that the Lord is bringing back in. But I'm just, Sharon's just going to pray into that. Let's
6: agree. So, Father God, I want to thank you for giving us the opportunity, Lord Jesus, to bring each and every one of those names that you you know they are in your heart, Father God. I just pray, Father God, that each and every one of those individuals that have turned away, Lord Jesus, that have shut their ears and shut their eyes before you, Lord Jesus, I pray thy that scales may fall off, that ears may be opened in the name of Jesus to hear the name of the living God, to hear their Papa calling on to them. Lord Jesus, I pray for a rekindling of their hearts, of their spiritual hearts to be reawakened, that they may have a desire to come back to you, a desire to just love you and want more of you, Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord Jesus, that as we are on our knees, Lord Jesus, that they may not hurt, that we may simply get more strength from you, Lord. Jesus that we may continue to pray and hear Lord Jesus testimonies from every other people so that we can continue to pray and we could see them come Lord Jesus to you at your feet whether they're in here or whether they're in another church Lord Jesus at a different state Lord Jesus I just pray that each and every one of them may hear the your voice Lord Jesus from each and every one of those individuals that know you Father God I just pray Lord Jesus that not only you strengthen us Lord Jesus but you Allow these individuals to turn their hearts to you, that their hearts may be tender, Lord Jesus, to hearing you, to wanting you, that they may be hungry for you, Lord Jesus, and they may say, no more, no more lies. I believe the voice of my Papa, he is calling me, and I say, Father, forgive me. Father God, I want you come into my life. Let me come to you, Lord Jesus, and as they see you running towards, that they may run to you, Lord Jesus. I just want to thank you for that, Lord, and you're holy and your precious name, Lord. Amen.
4: Well, I just want to say I'm sorry for all of you men who never got to be fathers. You were robbed. And yet, a lot of what we're praying about doesn't start at the Supreme Court. It starts in your heart because when you exploit women and when you go into pornography and the lust of the flesh, you hurt women. And so there's a lot of forgiveness that we need to extend to you as women, but there's a lot of repentance that you need to do to women. And you know, none of these things are new. (laughs) Tamar, was raped. A lot of women were raped in the Bible. It's a sin. And God came with his precious blood from his son to redeem us and to cleanse us. So I'd like to start with a prophetic word to men of this next generation. You are holy and you are to be holy as he is holy. And I'm going to say something pretty radical from the frontier. And that is, is that if you think you have homosexual tendencies, you still need to be holy. You still need to be abstinent. You still need to be celibate. And I'm going to say this to heterosexual men you need to be holy. And you need to ask for the Holy Spirit to reign in your desires so that you do not abuse and exploit women. And so I'm saying this to you from a mother's heart because you can grow into men of God who have no regret for how you've treated a woman. And if you think that you have treated them well by paying for an abortion, then I have news for you. You need to learn how to love as Jesus loved. And so I start with that today because I now want to repent for women. One of the scenes in the Passion that has always undone me is when Jesus is whipped on the whipping post and he's taken away But Mary, his mother, goes with a clean white towel and she bends down and she collects that precious blood. She's not a Martha who's just wiping it up. She's a Mary, because she knows that blood is divine and that it's redemptive. And every time a baby is born, whether it's aborted, We're born naturally, it is born in blood. Guys, we have to get real. And a lot of this started with the church. I grew up in the church and I didn't even know about abortion until the silent scream came. And I became a nurse and I didn't know about abortion until the silent scream came. But I'm gonna tell you what, We serve a God in Matthew who it says is gentle and lowly of spirit. He endured for us all the way to the cross. And I think we as the church need to grow up and mature a little bit. And to understand that when we read the Word of God and when we ask for His salvation, the power of the Holy Spirit comes within us and redeems us and empowers us. And whether you go to a Spirit-filled church or not, you have the power of the Holy Spirit within you. So grow in that. And remember that John the Baptist washed with water. He baptized us with water. But what does it say of Jesus Christ? He baptized us with fire and with the Holy Spirit. And so whether or not I'm talking to somebody who grew up in a church that was more religiously bent, you still have a responsibility to do what the Word says. And by the grace of God, you will find the Holy Spirit empowering you. And so one of the first prophetic words I want to speak over you all today For this next generation and wherever we are in our lives is that you can be holy as he is holy and you can be a man or a woman of God who waits for marriage to have sexual intercourse. I'm sorry that this was not preached in the church earlier on, but I know for my kids, I want them to be pure of spirit, mind, soul, and body. And so one of the things I want to say here, as we have prayed for prodigals, yeah, is this verse, for unto you a child is born, a son is given, and the government is on his shoulder, and all those wonderful names, and he is called Emmanuel, God with us. It is poetic, circular, that this is Hanukkah. (laughs) And this is at the Supreme Court level. It's not whether or not how did we get here. It's like, God, how did we finally get here? And so I want to ask you to pray with me for the prodigals who started more from the beginning. I want to remind you and pray, Lord, for Norma. She's dead now. Norma McCovey was actually Jane Roe. She had three babies, and Lord... I don't know if they're all alive, I'm presuming from things I've heard two of them are. And I know that one of them at least was not reconciled with her mother. And what abortion does is it tears that bond, Lord, between a mother and her child. And I praise you and I bless you that that's what you came to repair, is that relationship between a mother or a father and their children. And so we praise you and bless you, Lord, that we can learn from this. And as the church asks your forgiveness, that Norma wandered and that she had a hard life and felt she needed to go and get an abortion. Which, by the way, that baby was never aborted. It was born after the decision was made. So that child lives. And Father, I pray for Sarah Weddington, the attorney, She was a Methodist daughter and she'd also had an abortion. Perhaps she was a prodigal. Where was the church? We needed to love her socks off and to hold on to her. I pray, Father God, for Jennifer Reckleman, the attorney, and I may not be spending her name right, but she's an immigrant who came with Jewish parents. Lord, she has stood for abortion rights and what she felt were women's rights with the morning-after pill and other things in the reproductive area. And Father, we ask you to hold on to her. We think about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who died at the beginning of all of this and prepared and allowed a way for Amy Barrett to come on the Supreme Court. And so, Lord, you knew the circle that you were preparing for this very hour when Roe versus Wade went down in January 22nd in 1973, and here we almost are to January again. And so Father, I repent on behalf of a church that didn't uphold these kids, these girls, and talk to them about what it meant, the privilege of being able to birth babies, the privilege it meant to be a parent, a mother, and where they are hurting so bad, and we've heard their chants and we've seen them when they marched with ERA. God, we ask your forgiveness that as the church we shunned them when they got pregnant, we turned them out, we didn't let them finish school. Father, we left them destitute. But I thank you for the clinics that have arisen to help them to see unborn children in the womb. So they know that there is life. And Father, for those clinics that have come around them with high chairs and beds, cribs and strollers and food and jobs for moms, I thank you in our own church, Father, for the baby. I think it's Reagan who was born to a mother who was drug addicted and a family has taken her and loved on her but taken that baby And declared and decreed life over this child father help us to grow up and to rise up as the church and i want to thank you particularly for abby johnson lord she was a baptist girl who said i sat in a pew next to people every sunday and nobody asked me how i was doing nobody asked me about abortion i'd had abortions and gone on sundays that's what she said And Father, she forgives us as the church, and she's gone on to be a clarion voice for the unborn. And so, Father, we praise you and we bless you today that we can stand here with the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, but let us not go without understanding that it starts at the altar and repentance for what we have not done to care for the unborn and the women who carry them. We have not understood the dads who did not get to be a father. So, Father, we just come before you, and I thank you for the full circle that you have brought us to, for the reminder that you had a mother, (laughs) a human mother, (laughs) who by the divine power of the Holy Spirit birthed forth Jesus. Jesus the Christ, Son of God, but fully man. And so we thank you for this season. We thank you none of this is by surprise. And I thank you for peace, peace that will come to those and rest upon us who have prayed for years and have believed with great anticipation for this moment. But God, we also realize that with this Jackson versus Dodd case, that Roe versus Wade may be... uh, hopefully overturned completely. But God, even if that happens, we have a state in Colorado where a man named, last name Hearn, and I heard somebody the other night say, can't even call him a doctor. Doctors preserve life. This man takes life in Boulder, Colorado. And I pray for him. That's who I pray for, who is troubled at night when late-term abortion takes place. But even more so, I pray for the evangelicals who didn't vote and who didn't overturn that very law that we have in Colorado for late-term abortion. Forgive us as the church. (laughs) Fear of man has already been prayed. But God, we were negligent, and we did not stand for truth. And way back in 1973, there were those who stood against R.V. Wade. And I know, God, that you are well pleased with him. And so, Father, tonight I come before you with a mother's heart and thank you for your father's heart that has forgiven us and that has loved us but has not kept us where we are but said move forward and love even more, give even deeper, and it will be to my glory and honor. In Jesus' name.
0: Amen.
7: Amen. We've only got a few minutes left. Can we just stand to our feet? Let's go out tonight with a strong prophetic decree and a declaration of what God's going to do in this nation. Amen? Amen? Brian was correct. There's three powerful things to a prayer meeting. First, we need to hear the word of the Lord. I've got three different scriptures. I've been pacing the floor all day today, seeking the Lord about this event happening in our nation and about the prayer meeting tonight. And so we're going to release this prophetically. That's how you can tell this is a little teaching. There's an unction that comes on you in prayer. And you begin to release that in power. The second thing that makes a prayer meeting powerful is agreement. Corporate prayer requires agreement. Amen. That's why I had you stand. You don't have to stand to come into agreement. But sometimes it moves us out of that place of individuality. And we get to move together like what Tracy said, as special forces. Amen. Say amen. The third thing that makes a permitting powerful is the ability to put faith behind what you're praying. That what you're praying is powerful and it is effective. If you can release a prophetic word and pray a scripture with power, knowing that what you are doing is actually going and changing something, there is a wind on the decree by faith, Amen. I'm going to read the scriptures over you. I was pacing the floor today. Here's the prophetic assignment that we have tonight that's happening right now. Do you believe this? This is so important to believe this, that what we are doing in this room, if the entire nation was setting upon our shoulders in prayer, if nobody else was praying, us being in agreement and declaring the word of God has the power to shift nine Supreme Court justices. Amen. Bob Jones said this, 20 intercessors in a room in agreement has the power to shut down Ramadan. 20. There's more than that in this room, and we're in agreement. So what can we do tonight? And it's also the will of God to move and to act. I heard this today in in the spirit, and minutes later, I got an email or a, a text message from an intercessor. I kept hearing this today. He, Aaron, he stood between the living and the dead, and the plague was halted. I was praying this and the Lord says, you're going to stand tonight between the living and the dead and you decree the word of the Lord and I will stop this plague minutes later in intercessor sent me a text she goes I feel this so strong tonight the anointing on the church is the anointing of Aaron to stand between the living and the dead and to see it broken and she took it to the next level it's the same spirit that was on Phineas when Moses was standing before the people a plague had broken out because Israel was marrying into the Moabitess women and a man brought a woman in completely spiritually blind and presented this woman to Moses and the elders and the, and the plague broke out, and then the zeal of the Lord came upon Phineas, and he chased that couple out of the tent, grabbed a javelin, and speared the two of them dead. And in that moment, the Bible says that the plague was ended. That's what we're doing tonight, amen? Here's the scriptures that the Lord's put upon my heart and we're going to we're going to read these and then we'll declare and we're going to pray and then Marcus is called antiphonal worship going back and forth between the decree then the worship is the decree and we literally just drive this thing by the will of God amen Proverbs 21 for the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord like the rivers of water he turns it wherever he wishes Father we are declaring tonight that you are going to turn these nine Supreme Court justices in the direction that you will. For every, every way of a man is right in his own eyes. That's spiritual blindness. But the Lord weighs the hearts to do righteousness and justice. For it is acceptable to the Lord even than sacrifice. So we declare tonight in the name of Jesus that even in a nation that is so divided and part of this nation that is calling wickedness good, Father, we declare in this hour a revelation of holiness upon this nation that what men have thought to be correct in a moment of revelation from your hand, whether it be a dream or hearing a word, their hearts will be turned from the error of their way and they will see the truth that abortion is murder... It is wrong and it is against the author of life. Jesus, we declare this nation. By the way, do you know that right now in Colorado, there is a whirlwind over our state that is affecting two-thirds of America. I read the report the other day. It's pulling all the warmth out of the south and it's causing it to swirl. It's over Colorado. So I said, Lord, if there's a divine whirlwind over this state, let's just stand and declare in the name of Jesus that what we are doing will impact and affect this nation. Amen? Here's what the Lord spoke to me on Sunday when Marcus was praying. This is the second advent of Christ. There was a first one. Here's the second one. Malachi 4, 5 through 6. Behold, I am sending you, Elijah the prophet, before the coming and the great dreadful day of the lord for he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children see this has to happen because the blood of the children is crying out i don't know how that happens but god heard the blood of abel coming out of the ground and god has heard the blood it cries out there's something in the blood that has the power to cry out to the author of life He has heard the crying blood. He has heard the sound. Listen, and God is answering. For he will turn the hearts of the fathers back to the kids. A nation that wants... Do you you know that the spirit of Baal, of Molech, Asherah, all these things that Jezebel is worshiping, the irony that Baal was not even about death, but in order to have promotion, you had to bring your firstborn child to be sacrificed for Promotion. And that's what this nation has done. In order to have promotion, in order to get that job, I need to sacrifice this child because this baby will keep me from my dreams. And all of a sudden, Elijah on Mount Carmel goes to deal with the spirit of death on a mountain. Because all of Israel was being under this, this succumbing to this witchcraft of Jezebel. And Elijah, one man in this, like a prayer meeting tonight, stands and commands the atmosphere of heaven to shift and calls a nation back to repentance. And in one moment, the witchcraft of Jezebel, of that spirit of Baal and Molech, was broken where people were passing their children through the fire. The seven chambers that led up even to the spirit of Molech, the very last chamber. If you brought the highest sacrifice, which was your child, then you got allowed to go kiss the spirit of Molech, to kiss that, that, that idol. The delusion that was on people to kill their children. And in that moment, Elijah came and the hearts of the fathers, all of a sudden, a witchcraft was broken and they were drawn back to their children. Amen. Amen. And here's what happens. Draw their hearts back to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. If we want to see prodigals come back, then we must first break the spirit of death, the curse of death, because the fathers will attract to the children. And here's where the prodigals come home. He said, and the children's attract back to their fathers. In this day right now, do you know what's happening? The stage is being set for the great harvest, the coming home of the prodigals. The one billion soul harvest that's been prophesied, and it's happening right now. For the Lord says, I'm going to come, and I'm going to break this curse over this land. Amen? Ezekiel 36, 25 through 27. For thus says the Lord God, because they say to you, for you devour men, and you bereave your nation of children. Therefore, you shall devour men no more Nor bereave your nation anymore, says the Lord God. Ezekiel 36, and here's the promise. He says, I'm about to do to a nation. I'm about to do to America. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all of your filthiness and from all of your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And you will keep my judgments and you will do them. Micah 2.13, here's the anointing, the anointed one, the breaker, the Messiah, who opens the way. He shall go up before them, liberating them. They will break out. They will pass through the gate, what Tracy said, and they will go out, so their king will goes before them, the Lord at their head. This whole entire turning of the Roe versus Wade and the justice of God as we come before the throne tonight, the very throne of God, we come before it with boldness. His throne is established upon righteousness and upon justice. God will have a righteous nation and he will release his judgment and his justice over these courts in the name of Jesus. It doesn't matter how hard their hearts may be. One dream One revelation from God, nobody could resist a touch from God in a moment in the night season. Nobody can resist an encounter with heaven. Our flesh cries out for the living God. And when Jesus comes and touches the hardest of heart, they can be converted in minutes. So no longer will we call these justices hard. We will no longer curse them by saying they have hardened hearts. We declare that all nine justices will come into agreement and cast down this demon spirit of death in this nation. So Lord, we declare all of this, all of this turning of death for the spirit of Elijah is coming before the great return of the Lord. Lord, we declare this is the hour of the greatest revival that we have ever seen. God, you are coming to recapture everything for you truly are the desire of the nations and Father we declare that the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus will go coast to coast in this nation and from the north into the south. Father we declare the hardest of hearts will be captured in this hour in the night seasons. Father we bless this supreme court. We break every word curse off of them that has been spoken against them by the church. We We've been not allowed to curse, but we have cursed them and spoken against them. Lord, we declare in the name of Jesus in the next 24 hours that their hearts would be captured by the spirit of life and the truth and you would break the curse of iniquity and blindness off of their eyes in the name of Jesus. Even as Ezekiel stood at the valley of dry bones, you challenged him. Can these bones live? wanted to hear the prophet bless and not curse and that prophet didn't remind you of the iniquity of generation after generation after generation that prophet prophesied life and you answered because Lord you are a God of great mercy Lord we do not deserve your great mercy this nation deserves your judgment we deserve your judgment we deserve death Because, God, You are a God of great mercy who pardons iniquity. Father, we thank You even as sin is cleansed, God, into generation after generation. Father, we declare in the name of Jesus let the mercy of God be on this nation. Let this demonic spirit over this nation be broken of spiritual blindness. Let eyes be opened in a way they never have before. And let the King of glory reign according to Psalm 24. For the King of glory is coming in. Jesus, we invite you into this nation. That you would shift the hearts of these kings, these judges. You hold their hearts in your hands. And we declare even the water shall be shifted even how you shift water you will shift their hearts in Jesus name Lord disrupt Chief Justice Roberts disrupt him bring him to the end of himself and his spiritual blindness we bless his voice to be a voice of righteousness calling that court into alignment We speak into every place that's dislocated into our justice system. Let righteousness rain down in the name of Jesus. We bless this nation. We bless the Supreme Court. We bless every circuit court judge. We declare righteous rule in this nation in the name of Jesus. Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Thank you Lord. Just
0: give the Lord a huge amen. hand tonight. Amen. Wow.
7: Thank you. Lord.
0: Just we're gonna say this final word. The very end of, of Revelation. There's power in the Amen. And uh, it's just that let it be so according to your word. Let it be so. So it's it's interesting. The very end of the Word of God, the very last chapter, the last verse of the Bible. It says, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. And the final word, amen. Amen. So let's just declare this together. Amen just means let it be so. So we say, ready, one, we're going to say amen on three. One, two, three, Amen. 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 God bless you guys. Have an awesome night.